still in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, we're kind of learning, I trust, throughout this series, it's impossible to please God without a true and pure display of faith in your everyday living. Now, what does it mean to please God? I mean, in reality, what makes God happiest in our lives? Well, I, I believe that what brings God the most joy is when we exercise the simplest faith to just fundamentally obey his commands without question. Now, that's the response that Abraham had to the commands of God. Uh, God chose Abraham for a special purpose. Uh, he would be the father of a nation. And so God called Abraham to leave his home and to follow him by faith. If we go back to Genesis and chapter 12, we read there in the first three verses, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of the, thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now Abraham received many great blessings by following God's commands, by trusting him. And you and I today must learn what it means to trust God and to walk in his word through faith. If you go to the old 1828 dictionary of Webster, uh, he defines obedience as compliance with a command, prohibition, or known law, and rule of duty prescribed. The performance of what is required or enjoined by authority, or the abstaining from what is prohibited in compliance with the command or prohibit, uh, prohibition uh, obedience may be voluntary or involuntary. Voluntary obedience alone can be acceptable to God. I like many of those definitions from the 1828 dictionary because he usually brings God into the picture. But true faith in God will lead you to obey the Bible voluntarily, meaning you want to obey, you desire to obey, you're willing to surrender your life to obey God. If you say that you believe in God, believe his word, and believe in Christ, then do you obey his commandments? Do you follow his every direction and command in obedience? And so living by faith, the faith in, true faith in God, will always lead us to obey his word. We'll look at uh, together and understand this obedience and examine the life of obedience as lived out through faith by Abraham. First of all, obedience is the pathway to blessing. Here in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should go after receive for an inheritance, notice the next word, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. And so our choices always lead us down a path 
And that path is always toward a destination. And by and large, the decisions we make are determined by the attitude we have to God's word. Someone has said, obedience is smart, disobedience is stupid. You know, uh, we have uh, just come through the holiday season, and some of us were able to spend some time with grandparents uh, or grandkids as grandparents. We, uh, and then we think about raising our own children. I think one of the overriding themes was obedience. At least it was in our house. Did they always obey? No. Uh, sometimes they had to suffer the consequences of disobedience. But doing right always reaps the reward of safety and security in God, while doing wrong always reaps danger and guilt. And God desires to reward us with blessings in our life. But we need to put ourselves, first of all, in the place of blessing through obedience. Now, we'll find here four key steps to walking the pathway of God's blessing in your life. First of all, there's a committed faith. A committed faith. Again, in verse 8, it says here, by faith, Abraham. Now remember, obedience is the expression of a faith that is already in place. It's the expression of our trust in God. Notice, uh, throughout this chapter, each great deed and each life that's introduced by the words, by faith, by faith. Meaning their faith was first placed in God, before they followed God. Ephesians 1.12 says that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. God is calling us today to place our faith in him. So it's a committed faith. Secondly, a clear command. Uh, when he was called out, God came to Abraham and gave him a very clear command. He called Abraham out of his land, commanded him to, to travel. Uh, God didn't stutter. God didn't play hide and, hide and go seek. Uh, it wasn't a word puzzle, puzzle with some several possible answers. Uh, God made his desires very clear to Abraham and his, uh, for his life. Now, God will continually bring light to his commands in our life as we obey them. We may say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, find out what God wants you to do first, and he'll show you as you go the next step. Obey him to begin with. How do we do that? Well, first of all, we read the Bible. Many, many commands in the Bible. And we love the Lord our God. We love our neighbors, we read our Bible, we pray every day, we win souls to Christ, we avoid evil, we do good to all men, we're faithful to God's house, we learn more about God, we learn less about the world, and as we do this, we will grow in our faith and as we obey God and his word. 1 John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So what do you do with God's commands? 
Many commands, as I said. What do you do with them? And I believe there it will be in direct proportion to what you do first with your faith. A committed faith. A clear command. And thirdly, a conditional promise. It says here, into a place which he should after receive for inheritance. You know, obedience to God always leads to a place of great promise. God was leading Abraham to a great land prepared for him and his future family, Israel. And all Abraham had to do in order to receive the promise from God was obey. But what would have happened to if Abraham had decided not to obey? What if he said, come on, God, you're cramping my style? Or, uh, I just built a new home here. I can't pick up and move now. I just started a new job. You know, uh, that, those things are things that people have said when God put a call on their life. And they would probably say also, what are you trying to do my life? Ruin it? You know, we often miss many great things in our life because we fail to, to obey. Instant obedience is the only kind of obedience there is. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Whoever strives to withdraw from obedience withdraws from grace. You see, it's God's grace that has prepared wonderful, amazing treasures for the ones who believe and obey. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And John 14.15 says, If you love me, keep my commandments. So how much do you love him? Right now, how much do you love him? Uh, on Sundays, or every other Wednesday, on occasion, or certainly not when you're on your computer, or not when you're with your friends, or not when you're with uh, someone that's very close to you, or not when you're at work. What obligation does God have to bless your life? Are you keeping his commandments? Luke 6, 44 says, For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of the thorns men do not gather figs, nor of the bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth, his mouth speaketh. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? And then fourthly, there's a candid response. Now, when we hear that word candid, some of us old folks, we think of candid camera, don't we? Uh, some of the young people don't probably know that so much, but uh, uh, we think of something funny. You know, candid camera. There was always somebody being caught unaware doing something uh, on camera. But the word candid really means honestly or directly, not trying to figure out what God is up to. When we candidly obey, we just obey. Honestly. You see, it says here, obeying, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. 
Obedience to God was a characteristic in the life of Abraham. Now, God later called Abraham to offer his son Isaac as an offering to him. Now, that we would say was, that's a strange request, but Abraham obeyed. Find that in Genesis 22. And in this, God proved Abraham's love, and he spared Isaac, Abraham's son. So what are we withholding from God? What part of our lives does God want to be a part of that we're keeping back from him? We probably won't always understand every command that he's given us, but we're called to obey. Is this even a concern with God in our life? Is there a concern about God in our life? Doing what we know is right may not be in keeping with the feelings of the day in which we live, but we are called to do what is right nonetheless. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So obedience is the pathway to blessing. Secondly, obedience is the parent of promise. Look at verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, our decisions never just affect ourselves. Every decision, whether it's right or wrong, affects someone else as well. The decision to obey God will always affect more than just you. Abraham experienced God's promises. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise. The word sojourned means to dwell near or to reside as a foreigner. And the truth is, none of us deserve the promises of God. We're strangers in the land of promise. But it is through faith that we're able to sojourn in these wonderfully blessed lands by God's grace. And understand that we cannot pass on that which we have not received ourselves. In other words, we, if we have not received these promises ourselves, we can't pass them on to our children and grandchildren. Abraham needed to pass the promises of God to his children, but he had to first obtain them for himself. In verse 33 of this chapter, it says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. What promises have we experienced in our life recently? Uh, which promises have you obtained or claimed or built your life upon? You need to stop sitting on the wealth of God's promises and start claiming them through obedience in his word. And then... Abraham extended God's promises. It says here, dwelling in the tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Now, it's my desire that my children would enjoy the same great promises in their life that I've enjoyed. And we as parents need to ask ourselves, will our children find God's promises by following the roadmap of your life? What will they find uh, by following the roadmap of our lives? And will they be thrilled if they obeyed them as we have? 
Now, Abraham made a promise for Isaac and Jacob to become an heir to the promises of God in their, uh, their life through his obedience to God's commands. But the truth of the matter is, if Abraham did not obey, Isaac and Jacob would not be able to claim those promises. 1 Timothy 4.12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. So obedience is a pathway of blessing. Obedience is the parent of the promise. And then thirdly, obedience is the foundation of the future. Uh, look with me at verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham was looking for something in particular. A city lay in his future, and that city represented something more than just a place. It represented the future, his future in God. And our future is determined by our present obedience. Now, not all futures have solid foundations. It says here, for he looked for a city which hath foundations. He didn't look for just any old city. He looked for a city that had a solid, strong, well-built foundation that had been established of old and would endure the test of time. Listen, we have a foundation that has endured the test of time and well-established upon which you can build your life and your city. The foundation is the Word of God. But not every city, not every life has a solid foundation. We read about it in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these things of sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Maybe there's been a time in your life when things were kind of shaky and crumbling under pressure. Maybe at every turn you're left staggering and in peril. Most likely it's due to a lack of obedience. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun and profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And Psalm 11.3 says, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So not all futures have solid foundations, and not all futures are structured by God. He says here, whose builder and maker is God. The question is, what am I building my future on? Uh, what is the future? 
for us. You want a future manufactured by CNN or MTV or lust or sin or lies or deceit or media or entertainment, pride or selfishness, or you want a future manufactured by God. That future is only known by faith and by obedience. Abraham trusted God and obeyed him by faith. What is your response to God's word? What is your level of obedience? Living through faith means living by obedience. Obedience is the pathway of blessing. Obedience is the parent of promise. Obedience is the foundation of the future. Let's pray.